We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm a Rangers pick basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Cranges Pink Basketball. And today we are going to get to some of your questions from the Discord and on Playback, where we are doing this one live. How are you doing tonight, Tim? I'm doing well, Tom. It's, uh, you know, ne- never good coming off a loss to the Celtics, but it's a fake <laughs> loss, so so that's okay. Yeah, if, it's, if we lose, it's summer league, it doesn't count. And if we win, um, they haven't won a championship in the last 40 years. They've won one championship. Sorry, I forgot. Yep, them's the rules. (laughs) Let's dive right in. Have you seen any interesting sets or concepts uh, in Summer League that'll translate to the big team? We've seen Max Christie get some AI cuts and, I don't know, more simplistic actions, right? It's not like they're running really complicated counters and such. Yeah, no, it's been fairly straightforward stuff, but still interesting. And maybe I'll yeah, draw up a thing or two. I've seen a couple concepts I've liked that have been new. It, we've we have seen a decent bit that is familiar to us, but have seen a couple new things. So why don't why don't we draw some stuff up? So one uh, one concept I liked that the Lakers ran for Max Christie. They stuck him here in the corner. And they actually had something like, it was like this, where it first started off with Cole Swider running through, kind of like jogging through an elevator screen. And then right after that, we had this guy clear out to the corner. We had this guy come set a ball screen with the ball handler dribbling middle. And then this guy also kind of like shallow cut underneath this role. So there's a lot going on here. But basically what we have done is we have created a situation where you had five, four, and two, and they're all going this way. And the whole purpose of this is to get a bunch of defenders over on this side of the court so that Max Christie is then able to lift up to the wing and then catch on the move. Like, as his guy's trying to, you know, pay attention to all this, oh, do I tag, what do I do, do I stand still? 
you catch him looking, take a couple steps up to get to like a different layer of depth than him, and then immediately cut hard, catch the ball, and look to attack the rack. We didn't see the play work, but I thought this was a really interesting concept. We haven't seen the Lakers run like clear out stuff before where you've got multiple bodies just like decoy action, not really scoring cuts, but just like getting the hell out of the way. Um, you called out the AI action. This is an Allen Iverson cut. Uh, again, we'll stick Christy here. Uh, let's see. Point guard. We had a player there, there, and here. And anytime you hear an AI cut or an, Alice, or an Allen Iverson cut, it's the same thing. And the idea is for this player to cut from one side of the court to the other. And what the Lakers did was an interesting concept. Got him the ball. You're looking with this empty corner. You're looking to catch and turn the corner. And that's what he did. And then what we ended up seeing, and actually, I think I should have these reversed a little bit. For, forget the numbers here. But we had this guy then set a hammer flare screen for a shooter to go to the corner. And then we saw this guy set a down screen for this player who after setting that hammer to kind of go up in this area. So it's a whole lot of action going this way, going this way. And you're taking the defense away from the rim. So that again, Max Christie catching on the move, both of these places catching on the move and looking to attack the rim. That's really interesting stuff. So if you're, I guess, listening to the podcast, we've got, you know, that hammer flare screen to the corner on the weak side that gives Max a kick out. If those defenders are still trying to defend the rim, if they do try to defend the hammer, they can't stop you at the rim. And then after the initial player sets that hammer flare in case his man wants to try to help, he then receives a screen and there's like a, a screen to screener action. So that's something we've certainly seen a bit. Uh, well, we've seen a, maybe three, four of those, but it's more than I'm used to seeing with this team. So it's different. It's interesting. I like it. It's good for a guy like Max who... I want to be on ball. I want to be attacking on the move because he's not, I, I mean, he's getting better and better as an advantage creator, but this creates that little advantage for him. And then he's able to make the most of it. And I think this is something that would work well. Like Reeves could do this. LeBron can do this. You've got a number of guys on the team that catch with a little bit, bit of an advantage. Hey, maybe AD can do some of these things where like his man's less mobile than him. Great. Get him catching on the move. So it can be situational based on matchup. I can see Rui potentially working these. Prince could maybe do some of this. Reddish. I, like, there are a lot of guys on this team that give them, you know, a half step on their guy. They might be able to make something happen. And these are at, that clear out into almost what's basically like a lift into a stampede cut. There's a name for that. I'm blanking on the name for it. And, and that AI cut. Those are ways to generate, you know, good action. Something we've also seen quite a bit of. And this has been fairly pervasive. It's, it's been happening quite a lot. Is a lot of Colin Castleton, you yeah. know, handoff playmaking. You can run five out with this. It's super easy for him to catch the ball, dribble at a guy. That guy back cuts. If he's there, hit him. If he's not there, great. He'll clear out. And then, you know, you can flow this into a handoff on this side of the court, empty side ball screen, basically. And then, you know, you can you can do all sorts of things. You can get, you know, decoy action on the weak side, flow this into handoffs for threes, flow this into back cuts for shots at the rim. You can, we've seen Castleton on a number of occasions, you know, a guy will run around him. And if their man trails, they'll cut. If their man gets kind of stuck, they'll stay still and then shoot the three. If their man goes under, they may fade back over. And if 
Castleton's man and the this offensive player's man sell out on on that Castleton can keep and then drive to the rim so it presents a lot of options this Lakers team even as constructed now I would say is not going to be a team that will be elite volume or efficiency as a pick and roll team and something we've seen from teams that aren't quite that style that want to be really good offensively is incorporate more dribble handoff play incorporate more off-screen handoff cut type offense Golden State's done it well Sacramento's done it well Denver's done it well. And it all looks different ways. I'm not saying, hey, copy and paste the Warriors offense. But there are elements from an from an uh, action standpoint that you can steal that makes sense for this roster. And I think if, you know, looking at the Lakers bigs, if we filter down to centers with a thousand or more minutes played last season, there were 44 of them, 80 ranked seventh in our playmaking talent metric at people index. Christian Wood ranked ninth if he is able to join the team so you've got seventh with ad ninth with wood i would imagine like from eyeballing castleton and and seeing what he looks like he'd probably be in the teens somewhere like you've got several guys you've got two guys maybe a third that could that could operate this way i don't think hayes is quite that guy uh i wouldn't say is quite that guy but you know, LeBron can certainly, you know, hand the ball off or keep it like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a center, but that is a nice way to flow immediately into ball screens. And in that case, AD as a screener is something we like to see. So this could be another way to manufacture that. So I'd say the those three things, the catching off movement for Max, I see working well and it being scalable and the big man facilitation. Those, I guess, are the two major elements that I, I have noticed that. You know, it's interesting concepts. It's newer stuff for LA. And I could see it making some sense for them to, you know, keep doing. Yeah, I think their offense has been pretty patient for a summer league team, at least. So um, it's been nice to see the pacing there with Max being able to get, you can get a guy in jail going off an AI cut. You know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. have enough space, getting him on the, oh, yeah. the backside of your hip, you just use that kind of left baseline corner as that, you know, open space that you can try to get a step, go to the la- the lane, maybe get fouled or take a little uh, floater or mid-ranger that can get off pretty uncontested. So that's a nice play um, that I would like to see them continue the regular season. And I think they will. Yeah, they could do a whole lot. I love AI cuts. I have a whole playbook actually that starts every possession with an AI cut um, as kind of like not emotion offense, but just a like quick hitter offense. You can start one four flat and then run AI cuts to flow into horns or one uh, five out or four out one in or a lot of different things. And you can get so many different quick hitters just catching and turning the corner or you using that guy as a screener potentially for a back screen for one of the guys at the elbows for a lob or that cutter himself turning the corner and looking for a lob. Like there's a lot you can do with it. Uh, I've got, I need to go dig up those plays. It's been probably four years since I put that together, but I I think it's a cool action. would love to see a little bit more of it. All right. Moving on to the next one. Uh, does the renewed parody of the West hinder how well you think the Lakers will do in the regular season? Hmm. We have yet to make, you know, big, uh, full season predictions. I feel like that's more of a, you know, September pod, but I guess I have been thinking, Tim, about trying to contextualize this team as far as record. 
Um, and I think where I've landed is like three to five range. What do you think? I think that's a, I think that's fair. I would say that like three the, ceiling. I don't think their floor is five, but I think that's more of like reasonable expectation of their floor. Yeah. I, I would say if I had to guess where they'll finish the standings in the West, I would guess third based on what I know today. I certainly think they can go beyond that in the playoffs or in the regular season as well. I certainly think they could also easily be lower than that based on some injuries. I third to fifth seems like it'll contain like 80% of the outcomes this upcoming season based on what the mm-hmm. roster looks like. And so I guess yeah. who's ahead of them? Like, I think you got to go nuggets one, even though they're, they're weaker. They were, yep. they had quite a gap, but the gap is narrowed, but they're still up front. I would have the sun second. Yeah. And then I probably go Lakers third and then we're into Kings like, Kings. Yeah. Like, uh, Grizzlies. Well, the Grizzlies are going to have to draw out for a bit, so they're going to be lower in the regular season. Uh, like I could think, how, he, uh, there's an argument to be made. The Kings got slightly better. I think the Warriors mm-hmm. probably um, got worse, but mostly because of age regression, uh, not mm-hmm. Jordan Poole and Chris Paul swap necessarily. Like I'm not lower on the Warriors. I just feel like they're going to be one of those teams that's going to be you know, pacing themselves and okay with a five seed. So yeah, I think Kings mm-hmm. um, Mavericks, I don't know how high you are on them. They missed the playoffs entirely, but I think to the question to the, you know, to the messages point, it's, there's not a lot of teams outright tanking, right? If there's 15 teams, 10 make the play in, it's pretty much Portland. San Antonio is going to take their time. You know, Houston got better, but it's still bad. So I think, you know, Pelicans, you know, what is Zion going to play like a full season and and be that level of player we've seen him be? So I don't think it hinders it to answer the question. Do you do you think they're in like a worse place? (sighs) Compared to what? I guess like what you thought at the start of free agency, like the context of like what we saw this team in the playoffs and what we thought they could do in a whole season. Uh, I think, I mean, I think they're in a, a decent spot. I'm not, I, I think the Suns have done a bit that I, I think they did a really, really good job with signing minimum guys. I really like what they've done from a coaching standpoint, and they certainly have a lot of top end talent. Denver's worse than they were, and that's helpful. Uh, the Warriors move some things around, but I don't necessarily see them as a team that I'm suddenly much more worried about. I think if you were to pitch for the Warriors, you would say this past team underperformed. They had a guy, Jordan Poole, on a big contract that was nowhere close to the value on it and taking the toxicity away from the locker room and inserting an additional like veteran presence, facilitator, maybe shooter, like just getting more out of that money than Jordan Poole is good for them and, and they'll bounce back as a result. Hey, they won the title two years ago. So in pool was part of that. So I, the Kings got better. So I, I would say, do, all right, I want to reread this question. Does the renewed parody in the West hinder how well you think the leadership will do in the regular season? 
We can wrap that up with a, another question know. about is there anyone you're it. afraid of on paper too? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think Suns Nuggets are really the only teams. Like I'm less afraid of the Suns until I see it, but I I know mm-hmm. it has that potential more than the other ones, and I still respect Jokic and, and that team despite knowing they got worse. So that would be my only two in the West. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, Suns Risers, Nuggets Fallers a little bit. But again, that that gap was pretty large. So we'll, we'll see. I specifically, the Suns, I think, have done a really, really nice job. I'm really, really happy with their offseason. If I'm a Suns fan, I think they've done an, an excellent, excellent job grabbing guys that I think are interesting in free agency with very, very limited spending power. And on the coaching end, I think they're going to be set up really well. But TBD. TBD. So LA set up fairly well. Top three seed is what it's, you know, what we feel decent about this, you know, super early. Haven't dug into teams all that deep, but, uh, you know, top three-ish, top, top three to five, you're in a good spot. That's a pretty good segue because half of the, is there a reason that you like the Suns, you know, coaching staff other than they, they stole half the Lakers coaching staff? <laughs> well, Okay. My no, no, I know, and I'm just trolling. I know you are a fan of <laughs> Vogel and keeping young, you yeah, know, what I mean? yeah, paying yeah. him and respecting what he does. So, yeah, I'm a big Kevin Young guy, man. They, they, they now have like the elite assistant paid like a head coach. Which one way to spin it is, oh no, he's gunning for Vogel's job. The other way to spin it is, holy crap, we are now getting two head coach caliber guys, ones in elite offensive coordinator was an elite defensive coordinator and we've added you know uh, one of those locker room like uh, glue guys almost with the fizz and along with you know other experience elsewhere like they're they're set up i don't know yeah, well it'll be an experiment hand. if they crash and burn we'll laugh at it but i expect them to do well Tying that in is one of our questions where do you have any intel or insight onto how the the team will approach adding new assistants? We haven't talked about Damari Carroll getting added to the staff. Still Phil Handy, J.D. Dubois coaching the summer league team. Um, And there's still a couple holdovers as well there, Tim. So any assistant coach kind of thoughts you have? Yeah, so they need to replace a video coordinator. They need to replace Miles Simon, right, as the G League head coach. They haven't lost any of their, like, major assistants, unless I'm blanking on something. I don't have a great feel on names I'm interested in for those sorts of roles. There are guys who I'm like, I really like this assistant coach. I think he's a good head coach candidate one day or right now or good offensive coordinator right now or good defensive coordinator, but like not for more of the ancillary roles. And I think the lack of transparency across the league in terms of like who does what and what the distribution of labor is makes it a lot cloudier for fans, for writers, bloggers, podcasters, teams. Like it's really difficult to know who's doing what, unless you like go talk to people. And I, to me, that's a big bummer. I like it in football where it's like, you know, in, in, in football, there are, there's more clear delineation among like who does what, but I still think it's, it's interesting being able to say, all right, well, this person's accountable for this. This person's accountable for that. If we need to get better with our offensive line, we can go hire an offensive line coach. And this is someone who's specialized in that. And 
there I'd see more upward mobility as a result of more transparency where it's like, you know, it gives guys a chance to be poached in a smarter way instead of being like, oh, well, Luke Walton was on the Warriors staff. Maybe he'll go be a Warriors guy. And then it's like, we got none of that. And it, I mean, in the moment it didn't make sense, but at the same time, it's hard to tell who's doing what. So I can, I can talk about how much I don't like NBA structure. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the question was, but I, I, yeah, I don't know who I'd want. Go hire, uh, go grab Sean Davis. Let, let him, uh, run the film room. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I, I think what you're talking about is just like any business or, you know, part of a vertical where it's like, there's good parts of it. There's bad parts of it. There's, there's no cap room for assistant coaches. Right. So mm-hmm. in theory, you could be paying, do you think five, you know, quote unquote head coaches would care if they're getting paid head coach money to do uh, maybe a little bit less, um, keep them in the league on people's mind in the conversation, maybe to be an assistant, like in the future? No, I, I don't know. Of course, like there's only 30 of these jobs in, in the league. There's prestige with it. But I think money talks too. <laughs> if you take care of people, you value what they bring. You know what I mean? I think that's uh that's important. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lakers learned a little bit of a lesson where they, they gave Luke Walton the keys on his assistant coaching staff. It really, really didn't work. And then Vogel, you know, they swung too hard in the opposite direction. And that seems like Ham has been the ability to add Damari Carroll, a guy who I'm sure he personally vouched for is not in the Lakers, you know, uh, nepotism sphere. So I, I'm confident that Ham... Did you listen to any of his uh, podcast um, with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein? He's I did not. No, he's feeling himself. He feels confident, and I love it. Um, okay, yeah, it's he's showed some of his personality on that that you don't always see uh, coaches bring out when they're active coaches. So, recommend go checking that out at least for the entertainment value. <laughs> All right, we'll do. Uh, moving on to the next one, Tim. We kind of spoke a little bit about how Max has been used um, specifically in sets in the summer league. I guess distilling it down, how many minutes do you think he'll get in the regular season? And what do you want him to be doing? And do you think we see him try some of those pull-up threes a little more often? Ooh, okay. Why don't we uh, pull out our rotation tool? and something together because i have not done this yet i literally just updated this so this is for those taking a look at this many of you may have used this already for those of you who have not uh i've got each quarter split into three minute chunks i don't have all 48 i should i should probably just go do that here are all the lakers players and we can say all right we're going to start with delo at point guard and you know work our way down let me turn that off so like all right We'll start D'Lo. I think we'll start Reeves. I think this LeBron fella can can go ahead and start AD. And then actually maybe we'll do yeah. – and then Rui, I suppose. And then give that group some time. And then, I don't know, you can – I'm not sure how they want to break this up. I'm just BSing right now. This is like first attempt. Please don't yell at me. Uh <laughs> Let's see. How do they like to do this? Oh, usually take LeBron out halfway through the first, and it's AD time, and LeBron gets to the top of the second. So, all right. So, I'd say to answer the question, I'd see Max being like backup two. I think you could say maybe backup three, but 
among your like threes and fours, you've got Rui. So I, all right. So at point guard, Debo and Vincent. I think I just want to point out you have no Vanderbilt minutes. That's not by accident yet. Um, oh, really? Okay. Well, okay. So well, let's think about it. Like, all right, Debo and, and Vincent, they're going to cover your point guard minutes. At the two, you got to play Austin a good bit, and then you also want to play Max. And between the two of them, you can probably get 48 minutes easily. And then LeBron and AD are each going to take up a bunch of time. Uh, at the center, I mean, Hayes or Castleton, or if you've got Wood or Biombo, like you're covered at the five. So then it becomes down, then it comes down to who's taking up our three, four minutes. And we've got Prince, LeBron, Vando. I don't think Max Lewis will be in the regular rotation. Uh, I see someone else is now in the spreadsheet. Don't touch my tab. Um, <laughs> Dubois Hodge, I don't think will be in the regular rotation. Like Reddish, I don't think will be in the regular rotation to start the season. So it's, I guess it really comes down to these three. And then if you want to give Max back up three minutes, I guess you could. But I think you only move to that scenario if you're planning on putting JHS in the regular rotation. And if you do that, then I think Vando's, I think he's out. Like, and even if you don't play JHS and you have Christie at the two, with LeBron taking up a bunch of time between Prince and Vando, I guess you get to the the rest of it, but there's still not a bunch of time available. I think it's more likely that LeBron plays 27 minutes a game than Vanderbilt plays none. Oh, and Ruby as well. Uh, you think so? Yeah. There's no chance that, uh-huh. that Vanderbilt just doesn't play. is out of the rotation. No chance. Just, I guess, like from a Tim perspective, having just watched, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You just, we just watched this guy in the playoffs, like not be able to get the job done. Do you want to have your day one regular season starting lineup be something you don't think translates? Yes. We started Russell Westbrook last season. (laughs) Like, yes. Like, starting in November is not you know starting minutes in may okay all right so yeah he's an 82 game player i think and i think that's right he's depth and i don't think it's useless at least um i just think like in terms of if we're trying to map out the probability of the lineup i think he's closer to in the lineup than max is okay Was able to get. So what do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got ten guys right here, and LA will probably run eleven, given what we know about them. They could. They're fairly deep. I mean, maybe Jackson Hayes isn't a a right away guy. Maybe they try to play Vando mm-hmm. or or you know like small ball Rui minutes or something like that, just to see. <laughs> they, I'm sure they'll try it out. That's a tough way to. They'll, they'll try it at some point. Interesting. Ellie's got some decent depth and they've got several sure. like JHS. I could see him playing minutes and and like if, if he needs to, I think he can. I, you know, I have concerns, but like kid can play. Cam Reddish, I think he's going to be able to show us this year that, that he can do something. Uh, he's shown some growth. I think he'll have a, a good optimized role. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see him emerge at some point in the year and we're like, oh, this is a good problem to have. 
Dwayne Hodge, we know what he does, and he's looking like he's decent at it. Castleton, same right sort of now. deal. Yeah. Right, right. So the depth, like, you know, breaking case of emergency guys are better than what I would expect out of like 14th, 15th, 13th players. Or 15th, 14th, and then like two-way guys, you know? I mean, so, look, it, if they like or sign Christian Wood, you know, maybe talk to me again about Vanderbilt, you know, being able to get played out in December just because they'll have extra depth there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how many minutes do you think LeBron plays regular season? I really do think they're going to try and keep him under 30. And if they don't do that, it's going to be like um, more of a Kawhi regimen where like, no, he's 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 going to be out on you know, this Detroit Milwaukee back to back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just the writing's on the wall. It's you know nice to see him get that SB's award and and get his moment for being the scoring leader and all that. Now he's coming back, which is so kind of him to take the drama away from uh, <laughs> him coming back to the team. Uh-huh. But I I really can see him just being like let's let's get there right this team's deep let's let these guys kind of develop some some good things we can use give them some time to get better by the time we really need it because he hasn't had that in a few years I feel like really genuinely mm-hmm. so something I'm struggling with now is like how do we get Rui time how many minutes do we want Rui to have because mm-hmm. playing him Vando LeBron and Prince. That's Maybe it's Prince. It might be Prince. If you have bird rights on Vando, he's a young guy, you know, um, and Prince is just a one-year guy, you're probably going to be more inclined to lean Vando, let him make some mistakes, uh, I feel like. but So maybe we're like thinking about Prince uh, the wrong way. Maybe it's Vando who should have a, you know, that we're kind of, getting on tangents here, but I, I like it. Uh, you know what I mean? Just talking through this, uh, this team is fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll play around with it some more. This isn't, I'm, I'm a, I wouldn't be publishing this right now and saying, this is what I want to see here. This is what I expect yeah, to yeah, see, yeah. but it's good to start thinking about it now that we've gotten a chance to see summer league and get a gauge on how those guys might fit in. And at this point, we've got one moving piece left with maybe another center. And from a mapping out the rotation standpoint, I guess unless it's Wood and you want to start playing him and AD together, like, you know, backup center minutes isn't all that difficult. So, like, all right, if it's not Hayes, it can be it can be whoever else. And it's not, you know, dramatically changing how you build this. So I just shared the link in the chat here on Playback for the folks in there. Check that out. Screw around with it. Send me what you like. Uh, I, I see plenty of people criticizing the ones who put up, but not too many people putting up their own. So put your money where your mouth is. Let's let's see yes. what you got. Um, yes. But good question. We'll keep digging into it. But I guess for Max Christie, I could see him getting 20 minutes. 20. I think that's fair. I think, I think that's even 15. probably, yeah, 15 to 20, I think, is is the, the sweet spot with him. And, you know, uh, it depends really on how um, – they perform there in the backup backcourt because I think you're going to see Gabe Vincent D'Lo backcourts. So mm-hmm. if those guys are able to survive for a little bit, um, it, it's probably going to be able to try and develop better things. I don't know if they're sustainable long-term things, but it mm-hmm. might be better than you know forcing Max into a role that he is still a young player. We want to give him that time. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the other part of that question was like, how would what would we want him to be doing? I think on defense, 
point of attack or chaser, depending on who he's out there with. And then on offense, I would be looking to use him more as a like a movement shooter, some cutting, some catching off AI cuts, but a lot of spotting up and shooting or attacking a closeout or like late clock, kick it over to him. And he can kind of give you a little bit of what Rui is able to, where like he can get to some spots and then he's comfortable with his mid range where, you know, there's a, there's a higher floor than you would otherwise get. And, you know, if you got LeBron or AD out there, go, go to them first, but I'd rather give it to max late clock than like Torian Prince late clock or Jared Vanderbilt late clock or Jackson Hayes late clock or some of these other guys potentially. So he's yet another weapon where, you know, if you can say, oh, from four or five out of the five guys on the court right now, if they've got the ball with five seconds on the clock and we have no chance to run anything, they can just go make something happen. And that's that's a good place to be. So like spot-up shooter plus, I think, for him this year, maybe getting close to secondary ball handler usage if he's running ball screens. Are you trying to take possessions away from late shot clock god Rui Hachimura? I never, never. Okay. But uh, you know, make sure. if Rui's starting and Max is off the bench, I, I think they'll be playing opposite each other a good bit. Like just in case he doesn't maintain a one point seven points per possession in his last four seconds <laughs> in the shot clock. Yeah, it's nice. To yeah, have which No, yeah, no, no chance that's happening. Rui will continue to hit every shot, but uh, <laughs> if some you know some weird voodoo magic is happening and that doesn't happen, you know, it's it's good to have backup options. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, here's another good question. Uh, although Delo's contract is super tradable, is it really viable to trade him away if his return doesn't gather a comparable playmaker to him? Which I think is a similar question we had with Russell Westbrook for a bit there um, when we were trying to kind of frame what we would expect back. And they did get another playmaker back. So I think that almost kind of says to some degree, you know what I mean? What the Lakers think about that, but they, they added Gabe Vincent, not a great playmaker, but is another guard. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I, I don't think so. I think if anything, I don't know, maybe 
it's just a package for a better playmaker. Like it's it's probably the most likely outcome. Yeah, I think you'd be looking like if you're gonna move off D'Lo and not return playmaking, it's because JHS is in the rotation and he's adding value there, or Reeves has taken yet another step up as a playmaker, or Vincent has really shown that he could do more than we thought he could do there. Or maybe Christie again is kind of secondary playmaking and doing ball screens and stuff like that. Or I just, I struggle to see a world where, especially as LeBron's aging. And I think as he ages, he's going to transition a little bit less away from pick and roll ball handler and more to screener or high mid low post operator. You want to still have other like ball handlers who can bring the ball up the court, deal with full court press, get the team into their sets and run pick and rolls. And trading D'Lo away for a guy who can't do that stuff to me would be probably problematic. Like, I just, I don't know that if, if like the team had a super, super glaring, like they had no, like if Anthony Davis wasn't on the team and you're like, all right, well, if we can trade D'Lo for a, a comparable caliber big man, and then we feel really good about JHS and Reeves and Vincent and Max, like, okay, you're allocating resources to be more balanced, but they've got, you know, pretty good depth across the board, I think. And they've, you know, we'll see what they do with this last big man spot, but it's not like they're hurting for a big man. It's not like they're hurting for a wing. So I I don't know. I I don't see, I, I would not expect to see that in season unless they're able to like somehow trade up and package guys for someone they think is like a star. Well, it's interesting because just of how D'Lo was able to sign the contract with bird rights, you know, under the previous CBA, he was untradeable for a year, right? A calendar year, not like a season. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that has been negotiated into a choice for the player who's able to waive that, which he did, which is an indication that he would be willing to go somewhere else, you know, possibly for a better opportunity for him for a team on a different timeline. Yeah. Who knows? But it, it shows that this is like on both sides, the most half step in half step out contract that's like possible under the new terms of the CBA. Mm-hmm. So we have to approach these new ways, these new contracts, you know, we're still kind of learning about how they age long term, even though it's a one plus one, right. We still don't know how that manifests. Like if he gets, uh, pissed by being benched, you know what? What is that? He's he going to demand a trade in December. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm I'm not trying to speculate. Things could get weird because, um, the contract uh, details are a little bit different. So, mm-hmm. uh, as we're talking, I'm continuing to play around with the spreadsheet as everyone can watch right now. I don't think playing D'Lo and Vincent together. I mean, on court, I it can work, you know, offensively, okay. Defensively, I worry about it. Uh, and then just from a, like, get Reeves minutes and get Max minutes, not a big fan. So if, if Christie or Reeves gets hurt, then I think we'll see more of that duo together. But if they're taking all of the point guard minutes and some of those shooting guard minutes, it gets it gets dicier to, to find stints. That makes sense for some of their teammates. I think it'd be more like a once per half kind of thing um but i i think what you laid out is pretty and you know for podcast listeners he laid out a point guard shooting guard rotation with only eight you know 
or so, six or so max minutes. And well, I think well, that hang on could be possible. <laughs> I think that could be possible, Tim. No, I, I do. Because then Max, you get some small forward minutes potentially, I guess, would be how it could potentially play out. If you want to D'Lo, Vincent, and Reeves to all play Max. about 30 minutes. All right, that's a different question. Do you do you want – I kind of want Max at the two where he is physically. I don't know about the three. You know, being able to beat players – so he's six five. He's got a six foot nine wingspan. That is good at the two, and it's eh, not the best at the three. Mm-hmm. And then you factor in his weight, and it's still not like an a strong position at the three. So yeah, if I were to slot Christie into what makes the most sense for him, I would say a two guard right now. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to, if you don't like your backup bigs and you want to play more Rui or Bronze small or Vando, like small ball, f- you know, fives and fours and stuff, and and then you start slotting other guys up, I think he's part of that. And he's APs that can play some three. But if he's primarily a three, as I guess what I'm laying out right now would look like, I don't I don't think that's the best position for him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, let's move on to Austin. What do you think about Austin's spot in Team USA's rotation and what that'll look like and uh, and whether or not Team USA has a roster that's good enough to win? Now, personally, like I'm looking at this list, right, and it's a lot, a lot of young talent. I think Brandon Ingram is like the veteran. Oh, Jalen Brunson, you know, mm-hmm. but it's it's a young group that gives some, you know, some what was it 2004 vibes yeah it, it's certainly a younger group like Paolo Bancaro's on the team very young uh we got some like Walker Kessler he was also a rookie last year Reeves you know hasn't been in the league all that long like Bobby Portis is the mature veteran on the team yeah the guy punched the dude in practice yeah that was years ago <laughs> but I'm just saying it's, Josh it's Hart, vet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's half the Villanova team. Right. Oh, yeah, they got Bridges, Brunson, and Hart. Wow. Yeah. Dante's <laughs> got to be pissed. Yeah. Dante's probably just going to, like, tag along just to just to keep the guys together. Yeah, yeah. He saw Austin get the spot and was like, bruh, that was, <laughs> that was my spot. Uh-huh. I, so I'm looking at this team. I got it up on the screen right now. So at, and I'll just use the designations they have here. Guards are Halliburton, Edwards, Brunson, Hart, and Reeves. Forwards are Porter, Cam Johnson, Ingram, Mikhail Bridges, Paolo Bancaro, Jaron Jackson Jr., and then Walker Kessler is a center. I mean, Jackson's a center. I, it's It's a good team, and... I think, you know, they could have done a little bit more to try to like from a skill and role standpoint round things out, but it's still decent in that regard. I worry about the guard defense. I think Ant has a good opportunity to step up in in that space. I think Reeves has a good opportunity to play well there. Mm-hmm. You, you've got a lot of shooting. Halliburton is not a very good defender. He's, he's poor yeah. on that end. That's Brunson's true. poor on that end. 
they'll they'll both probably play a good bit. I, I think Ant is getting better and better, and that's good for him. Hart can hold his own, certainly. Bridges is is a stopper. Hallow was not good on defense this past year. Ingram has not been a, a particularly good defender. But you've got Jaron Jackson out there. Cam Johnson can play some defense. Portis can play some defense. Kessler is very good defensively. Reeves is good defensively. Like you, you've got a handful of guys that can defend. You've got a ton of shooting. I think this is a solid group. You got ball handling, shooting, playmaking, defense, some size and length. There's a lot you can do with it. And I think they'll be good in and without structure, which I think is really important. And you know, I, I think from a Reeves standpoint, you know, Brunson, Edwards, and Halliburton should play ahead of him. And then it's all right, how how will he compete with Josh Hart for that fourth guard spot? I think is is really what the conversation that becomes. Because if he can be, you know, their backup two guard and play alongside Brunson, I guess, or play alongside Ant. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I think you'd probably split Brunson and Halliburton defensively. So, I mean, dude, I, I, it's different at the World Cup level because Anthony Edwards is like might as well be a fucking forward, dude. How athletic eh. that dude could be, like in the international game like honestly he's just gonna mm-hmm. be able to go right by all of these guys while also just out jumping them for rebounds if he if he really wanted to like if they wanted to play small with like a, a Halliburton Reeves Edwards first three they like could. Jackson yeah Jackson and like Bridges they have a lot of very switchy you know um Guys, like Austin could start out as a 3 and D guy and mm-hmm. who's a connector who could play himself into closing lineups or he might be expected to be a little bit more playmaker-y because he can play defense. Yeah, this is a group that, like, on defense, you've got on-ball guys at the guard and wing positions. You've got elite drop bigs, mobile bigs. You've got a roster that can switch if you want it to. You've got some guys that navigate screens fairly well. You can play small. You can play big. So LA's able, or LA, you, the USA is able to enter this competition being able to, if they want to, tailor their game based on opponents. The question becomes, like, do they need to? And the answer is probably no for most of these teams. I'm not sure who the top competition is. I guess I'd have to take a look at other rosters and try to try to compare. But, I mean, there are some pretty solid international squads um you know spain and australia and canada's got a a decent group like there's some good ones out there part of it depends on like all right who's playing (laughs) is Jokic playing is Giannis playing like for a lot of guys that are not and that you know and you can kind of say the same thing with like this usa team where it's you know if they wanted to throw out their best group it could look much better than this but this group is still probably the best team and if not the best team the, the second best team, but I, who's better than them? I don't, I don't know today. Maybe I'll change my perspective, but I think they're set up well to make a run. And I think Reeves is set up well based on his defense and his ability to just be a glue guy that has versatility on both ends of the court from a role standpoint to, to be able to earn some playing time and get more reps yeah. playing meaningful basketball at a high level. And, you know, we can be proud of, proud of him as Lakers fans and watch more of these games because he's out there playing. Yeah, he's just going to, you know, again, play the role. Maybe he'll be a little bit more passive. Maybe he's in practice figuring it out. But I think he's smart enough to, to on the fly, figure out what the team will need and and how uh, 
and how can he can press that advantage? Um, all right, quick, quickly, Tim, gun to your head, Biombo or Wood? Wood. Yeah, we talked about that last pod. I think the ceiling is there mm-hmm. um, with some of what we've seen from Castleton. You know, I'm whatever on Hayes, but I think that center position's uh, ceiling could be the AD and Christian Wood front court is really nice. Uh, just a you know backup bench piece, even. Yeah, um, the the Lakers talked about wanting to play AD more as a four, or, or play the mm-hmm. two two big man front courts, which. In yep. the regular season on that title team, it worked okay. AD had a good jump shooting year that season, and that certainly helped. And I, we don't have to worry about like, oh, Westbrook's out there. Therefore, you know, we can't afford to have a third non-spacer. You don't have to worry about that anymore with like D'Lo, Christie, Reeves, Vincent. Like the backcourt will space. And then it's you, you have more opportunity if you wanted to to play two non-shooters together. But Wood makes it so much easier to play two bigs together because, you know, he can space the floor. So Biombo, we know what he is. He's a good rim protecting drop coverage, big that offensively is going to be a, a roll man, a dump off guy, cut guy. Wood can do a whole lot more than that. He's much more dynamic in the paint on ball on the perimeter as a passer and as a shooter. And if he's available at the min, it's not because of like on court basketball, like his value is a min reasons and if la can get that kind of production out of him and you got no problems with him off court or with the locker room like it's a huge value in the type of value that can help take that team that we had third or so in the west and give them additional upside if castleton wasn't playing as well we didn't think he would be a factor at all then i think you could very much make an argument that biombo makes sense as you know give us that bruiser that we can you know run some drop coverage with AD's going to miss some games. We don't want to have to go into the season with with just Hayes and Wood potentially. Like I think Castleton raises the floor so that you can chase the ceiling. Love it. Um, let's take a couple from the playback chat. This was in both the Discord and the playback. But yeah, on that podcast, I was telling you about Tim Darvin Ham declared that Austin Reeves will be an All Star one day. And Johnny asked, where do you rank him in the guards for the West today? And in the Discord, they asked, do you think that's true? Or do you think it's a bit much? Oh, my. Where he ranks among guards in the West is a really tough question to get on the spot. Uh, that's a lot uh. of gu- <laughs> it, Basically, it's a lot. So would you say like 15 to 20? Maybe 10 to f- mm. 16? Mm. I feel most comfortable saying 15 to 20, but if you ask me to like list out all the guys on the fly, I don't think I could do that. So yeah, this will be one that maybe I need to to do some homework and come back and report to the class. There's 15 uh, teams in the West. Does every team have one better guard, including the Lakers? Oh, we're talking about rank in the West, not in the no, league. no. I'm just trying to frame like a quick um, way of framing oh, it so we can make okay. It. I, maybe he is like ten to fifteen. Then I don't know. Uh, but this is a long question. I generally I love Austin, and but I do think this is a uh, Darwin speak for keep keep at it, brother. Y- yeah, I, I would say that I think he has the potential to be. 
an all-star caliber player. And I think playing for the Lakers, I mean, we've, we've seen this. He'll be able to get the fan votes. Will he put up the counting stats <laughs> at the level where he ends up getting the votes in the other areas to, to earn him a real spot? Yeah. I'm doubtful because of, you know, he's an excellent team player and I think his impact may be able to reach that sort of level, but I don't know that his like box score numbers are going to be able to reach that point unless we see some injuries to other key guys that at a team level is, is hurting you. But like, who is there anyone on the screen right now that you would say you'd have him ahead of? I don't think I would. I think you can you can argue Derek I think, White. I think like Van Vliet is like the ceiling for for a guy like him. Long term? Yeah. Okay. Just a very deadly efficient guy when he wants to be, you know, smart, smart player. Um who's kind of able to be versatile, but I think better on defense, maybe less volatile. Mm -hmm. I think today he's probably a top 40 guard. Man, there are a lot of good guards. And, and, oh, some of these guys are going to be worse than with age. I, from a, from an aggregate, from an aggregate impact standpoint, he was 43rd. And I think you can certainly argue this upcoming year, he's going to be able to jump into, I think if you can jump into like, the low thirties, I'd say that's that's feasible. And John Contra forty one is tough because yeah, I do. do not want John Contra over Austin Reeves. <laughs> he was really solid on defense this past year. Uh, yeah, no, see, I think he could jump a lot of these guys down here. Some yeah. of these guys are getting older. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, when we when we go back a couple of inches, like, you know, this is this is this is a high bar. Top 25s were really, really Chris high. Chris Paul's bar. up there. Emmanuel quickly. Wow. Dude, the, the data loves Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. He's good. It's a little high. I'd like him too, but 15th is a little high over Tyrese <laughs> Halliburton and Jalen Brunson. Oh, and if I if I sort this per 100 possessions, he's going to be probably a bit lower. Oh, 17th. All right, so he dropped a little bit. Yeah. All right. All well, right. that's that's good. I think uh, the data you know, season pretty accurately to where we do. Um, I'm, I'm super high in Austin. I, I think, mm -hmm. you know, he, he's going to continue to get better. Like every year he's in the NBA because he's that kind of player, you know, builds on, on knowledge. And there's going to be a point pretty soon where he's going to hit the athletic uh, IQ perfect bliss point, you know, uh, and that's still in the future and that's exciting. So mm -hmm. um, good to see he's already a very valuable guy for us. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I saw some more uh, in the chat. And then we'll take a couple more and wrap it up. How would AD finding his jumper, especially his three, change the offense? Oh, that would help a lot. You can yeah. run more five out that way. You could run the larger lineups that really help you on defense. And then on offense, you're just monstrous on the boards and from a finishing standpoint, and you're, you're going to be able to find more mismatches. AD is able to just dominate on defense. And if you're able to like 
have that guy alongside another big, whew, whew, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. So yeah, that would be huge. I'd be a big fan of that. That that provides a lot of upside and gives you so many more options from a lineup standpoint. Yeah, it's definitely cheat code stuff. Um, can Cam Reddish function as a big guard? Feels like he was slotted more as a small forward. Not sure if he has chased or defense, but would be adequate in being a guard. Hmm, interesting. So when we look at how he's been utilized on defense, I, let's let's take a look at that. Because he's been wing stopper for a bit. Oh, I've got to filter down the guards. Uh, let's see here. Cam Reddish in his career, wing stopper, wing stopper, wing stopper, helper. He's not been a chaser from a role standpoint, from a usage standpoint. His body type seems like it makes sense as a wing stopper. Let's see. How tall is he? He is 6'7". That's a that's a tough guy. Like That's a it's tough a too size big. to be navigating all yeah, the screens. It's a little too big, I think. I mean, the elite ones are that big. You know what I mean? Like Paul George at his peak. Mm-hmm. And it's also like a chaser defensive role is not for most, like against most teams, that's not like where you, you're not allocating your best defenders to that. That's, that's yeah. kind of a, where we put who's left that we don't want at the point of attack or wing stopper among our, you know, one to three. So I, I think wing stopper, Helper, I understand, given the size. I think he's a little undersized for that. But I think Wingstopper makes the most sense. And then, you know, if he's like your three on defense, if there isn't a scoring wing and he's operating more as a wing as a, as a helper, I think that's fine. But then again, film on his defensive rotations, which we'll, we'll see what that ends up looking like this year. It's a little bit better from what I've – the limited film I've seen compared to what it used to look like, but I'm still kind of, kind of TBD there. It has not yet materialized into a good defense. And last one, this is a good one. We talked about Christian Wood, how you picked him over Biombo. Would you pick him if you had to start him, Tim, which is very Lakersy. I love how they frame this question. Christian Wood is coming on the minimum, but you have to start him. Ooh. All right. Let's see what that would look like. All right, Des Moines, we're gonna put Christian Wood here. Uh <laughs> so is he is he is he our four or five compared to AD? I think How he's your we... four next to AD. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. We're starting LeBron. And then So Rui would be off the bench. Yeah. So Rui Vando back up front court. I think this could be fun. This might actually be cool. <laughs> The, that is very Lakers. Like, I can't stress that enough. Yeah, I don't mind this. So then you could do something like this. Where, okay, so what I have up here is you're starting AD, Wood, and LeBron as your front court. And then AD sitting, like, minutes, like, six through three. That's a weird way to phrase this. The third of the four segments in each quarter AD is sitting for the first quarter, and then you you have what is your center? LeBron is your power forward, and then you can get Rui in there. So you got Rui. He's got 12 minutes in a row split between the first quarter and second quarter. Wood and LeBron, I guess we actually, well, with how I have it set up, they're kind of 
going in and out at the same time. And then AD's in there when they're out. I think this could work because we've got full center coverage. We have full power forward coverage. We have, ooh, we need some small forward minutes. Torian Prince probably, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, think this is a lineup at least. Yeah, this is uh, what Tim's looking for world. So we're, yeah. we're going to put Torian Prince in there. Uh, and then, oh, shit. Like, we actually right here now have a full yeah. one through five. There's no Vando minutes, no Reddish, no JHS minutes, and only one shift of max. But I, I think it's I think it's reasonable. Um, I think Vando is probably in there, especially early season. Cut some of LeBron shifts down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Move move Austin a little bit back, or or D'Lo is probably going to be thirty or or twenty seven. You know what I mean? You pull things here or there, and I think you can get to. 10 with Vando, Prince, Christie. Yeah, uh, Rui, Bench. Mm-hmm. I'm reconfiguring these minutes a bit to make more sense. If we if we don't do the uh, D'Lo plus Vincent together thing. I don't know if Reddish is... It's fast enough like that on defense, like foot speed wise to be mm-hmm. a guard though. I don't know. He's it, some clips. He's just like really clumsy. Oh, wow. Is this, is this legit? I have four lineups that I've used total. Um, hang on. Wow. So Dilo only plays with one lineup. That's hilarious. This is what it would look like. Yeah, look so at that. Yeah. Dilo, Reeves, Braun, Wood, AD. We get 24 of 48 minutes. Each game, and then we've got Vincent Christie, Prince Rui AD for 12. Like that one, Vincent Reeves, Rui Braunwood for six, Vincent Christie, Rui Braunwood for six. Yeah, it's the 12 minutes with no AD that they're gonna be like minus 15. <laughs> <It does. laughs> you know, like, ooh, I don't know if I like that 12, but I like the other 36 like a lot. Mm-hmm. What if would like I guess just from a lineup standpoint, would a Vincent Reeves Braun Wood Castleton lineup make any sense? Does a Braun Wood Castleton front court make sense? Is the question I suppose. I don't know if you've got the mobility there. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. From a stint standpoint, it doesn't doesn't work out all that well either. Interesting. I don't know. It'll never be this clean. This is. Yeah. I'll I'll read this where we've got all. We almost got there. Three minutes on. It's if, interesting if, though. Yeah. Like I feel like if we talked it through a little rock. bit more. We can get there. Yeah. 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 It is for sure. So okay. And I think even if you slide in, um, Castleton or Jackson Hayes for a little bit of center minutes, or even Christian Wood, and slide like Vando in there. Their offense is going to be bad, but their defense is going to be kind of okay. So would you rather have Wood, Vando, Braun as a front court instead of Wood, Rui, Braun? No, I think Rui is better, mm-hmm. at least in theory. Um, But it's maybe like Vando is a three kind of thing. It's like a three that doesn't shoot. Would yeah. D more like a non-LeBron lineups? 
I don't know. They with, can get real weird with, with it. Yeah, with using Wood as your starter, which was the premise of the question, and then also in the AD sitting minutes, along with LeBron and AD having their rest staggered, that naturally creates a Wood-LeBron duo for quite a bit of time. Mm -hmm. And I don't don't mind it, but I I just wanted to point out why, why their minutes are matched up. Anyway, go, go play around in the tool. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. fun to think through. There's so much time before the season. We uh, will continue to, to tweak this and play around with it, but really good questions. Yeah, so all right. So yes, no. Would you take Wood if he had to start? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take him if he has to start. They might, they're going to start freaking Jared Vanderbilt. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'll take Christian yeah. Wood. If anything, like you can say yes for three months and bench him in January and, and feel like you've done right by the agent and the player. Right? Yeah, we've seen Vando started and then not finish games. We've seen JaVale start and not finish games, different coaching staff. But like just because they start doesn't necessarily mean they need to. Oh, and I haven't played 36 minutes. Oh, like he was given an opportunity on a high profile team with championship ambitions. Yeah. Just like I he was last can... year. Mm hmm. Uh, <laughs> But that's a good place to end it there, I think, Tim. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to come up with some fun stuff um, for next week because we'll get into the dog days, maybe try and we watch some old games together, uh, do some more, you know, gamey type stuff. How's that sound? Ooh, I'm interested. That sounds like a bunch of fun. And if there was anyone that asked questions in the Discord, I will answer those in the Discord. And if Excellent. you want to be in that group that's asking the most of the questions that we answered today, we answered a couple from from the playback chat. But uh, Discord getting that type, top priority in that lower bowl crew, uh, join it, join it. And uh, the way to join it is by DMing Tom, me, or the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast Twitter account, a five star review of the pod, and or you can also check out the link in my bio on Twitter, which explains how to get in as well as shows you different tiers and, and what those different tiers would get you join that. I, I'm not going to do the whole spiel. It's like, I feel like it's like a two minute spiel. Get in there. Uh, shout out friends of the pod court prowse, TJ Timotaji for being arena sponsors. Shout out to Zach Harris, Q daddy. iPod shuffle, Miguel T Shuttleworth, Omar Roy, Abdurrahman, Keneal Mason, Doppel and Romario for being in the owner's box with us and having some fun there. There's, there's a bunch of cool stuff. Trust us, bro. Trust me, bro. It's, it's good. See, but if they don't wait through the spiel, Tim, they don't get the impromptu banter at the end of the pod, which can go anywhere if you're a longtime listener. Yeah. Hashtag white American. Uh, yeah. Oh, my go. God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> God, can't bring that up without context. Now I have to context it. Tim, what's your take on a California taco? That's uh, Okay. So – Yikes. Good. No, I liked them. We we went to we went to what three taco places that night? Yeah, at least. It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, Tom and I went on a taco tour and uh had some good tacos. Big fan. California tacos. No cheese, mm-hmm. I believe, on any of them. That is well, yeah, no, that is correct. Yeah, that's correct. I was thinking through it, but mm-hmm. interesting. Well, um, see, this is what you get for staying. Thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week. Have a great night.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.